welcome back to Living Life in My 30s. You're joining me for another episode and this episode is called Dating. I am about to embark on the voyage of dating again and I thought I would share with you my feelings about it, what's changed from when I'm young when I was younger, what I'm looking forward to, and hopefully in the future I'll be able to share the good and the bad stories. Anyway, if you enjoy this episode and you'd also like to share some of your dating stories, then please do send an email to livinglifeinmy30s at gmail.com and I'll be happy to reply to them. Anyway, just listen away. again back to dating. I have been single for a few months now. I had a pretty awful breakup a few months ago and I'm just starting to think about going on those dates again. Ah, I have the fear, I have the panic, I have the mix of emotions that come with it. A little bit of excitement which is how I know I'm ready to start dating again because if you haven't done it before, it's pretty brutal. It can be really good, but it can also be really bad as well. You can go on some awful dates and you can go on some really great dates. And, you know, you shouldn't expect to meet the love of your life on the very first one. Although I do have friends who have, so it's not to say it's out of the question. I think to start with a bit of context about me and dating. I've done a lot of it. I've done a lot of dating in my past. I have had numerous boyfriends. I've probably had about seven boyfriends in the past who it just hasn't worked out with for various reasons. All really nice guys apart from maybe the last one. And I can honestly say I've had amazing experiences and I've been on some really awesome dates And actually, most of those people you didn't work out with, it was just compatibility issues. And for me, when I'm in a relationship, I actually put my heart and soul into that one person. So if I've decided to commit to that person, it takes a bit of time to get to that point. But if I've decided this person is my boyfriend, then I am fully committed and I'm fully in it. And actually, when that relationship breaks down, It takes me a very long time to get back on the horse again, as they say. You know, some people can hop from relationship to relationship. And that's great if it works for them. But for me, I've always been a very slow burn. I've needed a little bit of time to heal from the previous relationship in order to move on and meet someone new. And... With this one, this uh, the previous relationship, because it was pretty not nice, I think it's actually been easier for me to get back on the horse a bit quicker than I usually would. Probably three months is quite early in my experience of trying to get out back out there on the scene again. 
but I'm excited. I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to put toxic relationships behind me and see who I can meet. Hopefully someone more mature and someone who is along the mindsets that I have at the moment. So there are a few things that you need to think about before you start dating. And like I said, it's about being emotionally ready. And it's not just about being emotionally ready on the level of being ready to meet the love of your life again. But as I said at the beginning, it's also about being able to handle the highs and the lows of the relationship, the relationship dating, I should say, not the relationship itself. But you can really go on some terrible dates. So I went on one, and this is so awful. <laughs> so I went on one, so it was actually, I was actually in my village that I grew up in, and there was this guy who I bumped into at the train station, and I knew him through a friend of a friend, and he was staring at me, but anyway, nothing happened. And then the following time I saw him, I saw him again at the train station, which was a bit odd, but he walked down from the station with me and effectively we were chatting and then he asked me to go out for a drink. And me, I'd just come back from traveling. I thought, you know, this is a great opportunity to get myself back out there, launch myself back into being at home and seeing seeing what happens. And anyway, he we arranged the date, I exchanged numbers, I said that it would be great. And it was going to be at 7.30, we were going to go in a taxi to the local town because we didn't really want to stay in the village. And anyway, he was a bit late, which wasn't a huge issue, so it moved from 7 to 7.30 or whatever time it was. Fine. But when he turned up, when he, when he turned up at 7.30, he was so drunk. And I didn't realise at the time... I got in the cab and then it was only when he'd asked me what I did for a job three times on this 10 minute journey to the local town that I realised how off his face he was. He was just so drunk, he was slurring his words, he'd obviously been on a bender after work and I've never done this before but I was in the cab and I cancelled the date in the cab with him there. So I said, look, I'm not going to be seen out with you. You're too drunk. I don't want to do this. Shocking, I know. And actually at the time I was just, I was so disappointed because I was excited to go on a date. And it was just not what I planned. And then on top of that, so I said, do you have money for the cab? And he said, no. Anyway, so I had to make him get out the taxi to get some cash out and I ended up paying a tenner he ended up paying a tenner we split the taxi where he turned up obliterated and turned the cab round. and the taxi driver said to me yeah he's absolutely off his face and it was just so embarrassing <laughs> it was so embarrassing I'd sent selfies to my friends talking about how excited I was about this date and yeah, that happened. He actually tried to get in contact with me several times after. And 
you know, apologise, but there's no going back from that. What a first impression that made. It was just, yeah, burning bridges to say the least. So, yeah, you've got to be ready for those emotional highs and lows. There are not all bad dates like that. That one's quite extreme. But you do have the moments where you're like, oh, I can't see myself staying for another drink. I need to make an excuse and leave because you're just not feeling it or you have nothing in common. I've done that a few times on dates. And, you know, you do go on some where you bond really well or so you think and they're not feeling it from their side which is also normal, it's very common. And then let's not forget, actually getting on a date is quite draining in itself. I mean, I have been asked in person to go on a date like that last guy, but nowadays it's very much Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, and swiping through and you're selling yourself online, you're trying to promote why you're an amazing person and it's just so annoying why can't people just see you're an amazing person and want to go on a date with you you kind of feel like you're competing with all these people and for what really I mean you don't even know if the person who you're talking to is actually a decent person you don't really know until you started dating them a while anyway so yeah, that's pretty hard work. But for whatever reason, I've got to the stage where I'm ready to go for it all over again. I'm at the stage at the moment where I've just started swiping. Um, consistently swiping. Which is good. Because it means that I am sort of in the more mental frame, ready to match with someone, maybe. We'll see. I'll keep you updated. The other part of dating, I guess, um, it's a big one, is, well, what am I looking for? And what are people, you know, of 30s looking for? And a comparison of what I used to look for. So nowadays, it's certainly important for me to have someone with ambition. I realise that from previous partners and myself, I'm very driven and have a lot of personal goals. I set myself personal goals all the time. And I think if I didn't have someone to drive me or meet me at that level, it would drive me insane excuse the pun and that is something that I don't I don't I don't want to have in my life again have someone who just doesn't want to do anything doesn't want to achieve because the other part of it is you know if I do have children I want them to have a really good role model and to me a good role model is someone who wants to push for success, who wants to get the most out of life. And so for that reason, ambition is top on my list of what I am looking for. And there are a few other things that have sort of been added along the way. And that includes 
maturity. So, you know, I have been in unfortunate relationships where maturity hasn't been shown. But I am also fortunate to say that I have been in really mature relationships. People who were beyond their years and actually, you know, I value them very much as someone who I used to know and despite not having contact or if we do, you know, it's very much respectful and the maturity level is there, which is all that I'm looking for. And I think it's important to remember that, you know, if you do have a breakup for whatever reason, you don't know the circumstance that you will end up in. So for example, it's sad, but say you have a child with that person, say say you get in a relationship and you have that child, you need to know that the partner is going to be able to work with you amicably and responsibly to give the best for that child still. And that requires a certain level of maturity and level-headedness in order to do that. The other thing I'm looking for is a future, really. Um, In my future, I see myself getting married. I am very romantic in that sense. A lot of my friends say, why do you want to get married? And my answer is, I have no idea. I have no idea. I know it's a societal construct and it's part of life's system. But for me, it's just something I've always wanted. I think I just love the fairy tale and the fantasy idea of it. Who knows if I will, but I want to look for someone who wouldn't mind getting married slash would want to get married. And I have to give credit to my ex-boyfriend, whether he meant it or not, is that, you know, he said that he didn't want to get married, but then as we were going strong, he said, you know, he would because it was something that was important to me. And that was really nice. That was really nice. And, you know, whether there was sincerity in it or not, it was something that I needed to hear and I really valued that at the time. And finally, I think the other one is security. So this doesn't just stand from a financial perspective, but of course, financial is a really big one because I myself have worked really hard to get myself into a financially stable position. I've got a really good job. I am not, sorry, I don't own it. I wish I owned my own flat, but I don't. I rent my own flat and pay X amount per month. I pay for God knows how much. And with the rising cost of living, you know, I have to be able to afford my lifestyle. And that is something that I am very proud of and that I've done. But I will need someone to who comes into my life to be an equal measure in that. You know, I'm happy to support someone if, for example, for more education, um, if they do have a job that perhaps doesn't pay as well, but, you know, the people can work in healthcare and be paid pittance. And that shouldn't be penalised, of course. 
Um, it All I need to know is that the person is working hard and that they are able to provide on a monthly basis something, something. Um, it's about, yeah, respect for each other in the work environment, environment and being equal professional partners as well as life partners. And on top of that, so you've got the financial security, but then also emotional security. And that is something that I, because I am lucky to say, and you will have heard this from my first relationship, from my first episode about toxic relationships. And despite it being labelled as a toxic relationship due to the circumstance, on there was a lot of emotional security, this sounds very paradoxical because I'm calling it toxic, but hear me out. So for me, the, the thing that really sticks out is that there was never any power play between us. There was always a mutual love for each other. And actually, I, I know that even now that our feelings for each other were completely genuine. Whereas I've been in a relationship quite recently, maybe a few years ago, a couple of years ago. So he always used to say that there was always someone more into the relationship than the other. And I do agree with that. But I also think there can be relationships where you're just as into each other as each other. And that's quite romantic. And I I am lucky to say that I really feel like I've been in a relationship like that to some extent, where I've never worried about them having the wandering eye, and I've never worried about them calling me, I've never worried about them ghosting me, and I think that's what I'm talking about. So despite there being other issues that were very difficult, on that level, I never had the insecurity based on his genuine feelings for me. And actually with my most recent relationship where he ghosted me and one of the big things that that you know makes it so toxic is that I I didn't have any insecurity at all uh, with the relationship he was very much the lead and driver of the relationship so that's why it made it so shocking and actually I I couldn't quite understand what happened for a long time um because him disappearing like that just seems so out of the blue. It's one of those things, and unfortunately, you just have to be prepared to handle those emotional situations and know that you're emotionally ready for those potential scenarios. Because that's what dating is about. You don't know what's going to happen. There's a whole other human involved. There's a whole other crazy, crazy potentially psychotic person in control of their manners and emotions and actually you just need to know that you are okay you can walk away if need be know that you deserve better or stay in a healthy and beautiful relationship knowing that you have got your whole heart invested in it and yeah so I've talked about where I'm going with it and what I'm looking for in a relationship but how has it changed in my 30s as opposed to when I was younger 
Now that's a really good question. And I would say that when I was younger, I was a bit mental. I was absolutely crazy. So I used to date a lot of guys. I didn't think about my actions and the repercussions of my actions. I was probably very mean and very toxic to others. And I'm ashamed to say that 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 is something I'm not proud of at all. And nowadays, I certainly take accountability. And you know, if I'm not feeling a relationship, then I certainly will send a message and say, you know, had a great drink or whatever, but this isn't something I'd like to pursue out of common courtesy. When I was younger, so I'm talking 18, 19, 20, that's when I would very much go on looks, how fit they were, how attractive, how they would look on my on my side. <laughs> so shallow, so awful, but it's very true. And I would certainly accept more red flags. So things I wasn't aware of being red flags would be something I would just go for. Because I was an idiot. I was an idiot. And... Um, you know, that's why I ended up in certain scenarios when I was younger. Like, I remember dating a guy who had just come out of a four-year relationship. You don't do that. You don't do that. Unless, I don't know, there are very few exceptions to the rule, but everyone needs a, a tiny bit of breathing space. And, um, yeah, I... Gosh, there's so much I would have done differently, but I think from all the dating experience I've had and going on looks, going on red flag, ignoring everything basically is how I've got my intuition now and know what I'm looking for relationship-wise. And sadly, I do know a lot of the traits of someone who's not fully invested or fully committed that's not to say I don't fall for it all the time, um, but it is something that I am still guilty of now, but I have more of an awareness, and I think I've just learned now to pick myself up a bit better, to pick myself up and keep going and keep dating and seeing what's out there, because you don't know who the love of your life is, it might be none of those people you've got on that your checklist. It might be someone completely different. Someone who you'd never thought you would date ever in a million years. And it might be someone who hits you out of the blue. It might not be someone who you're Tinder swiping. It might not be in the time frame that you were expecting either. But that's okay. And I just want to finish this episode with some positive commentary for those who want to go out on the dating field and I say just do it you've got nothing to lose and actually even if you have terrible dating stories there's something to tell right I mean it's something to tell as opposed to sitting on your sofa and doing nothing all evening it's something to tell make sure you've got a bit of money in the bank to start dating because it is expensive but you never know, you could meet a friend, you could meet the world's worst person who you tell the world about and you bin off straight away. 
But you also might meet someone who surprises you, who gets you by surprise and you end up forming some sort of connection with, like on Love Island. Or maybe not, because I think it's like fake. And yeah, I want to wish you guys the best of luck in your dating adventures. And I'd really love to hear about them if you can. Send it to livinglifeinmy30s at gmail.com, please. And likewise, I will do some follow-up episodes based on my dating. Hopefully I get some dates. We'll see. I am a bit crazy, so who knows. Anyway, good luck to you and wish me luck too. And thank you for listening today. And I'll speak to you soon.